boys. The band is back together. Mine is Rob Loeb. Rob Loeb's been running all over the country. He's got uh, um, some races this weekend, and we got Billy Bradley in the house. We got Jimmy Wags in the house. Jimmy, I'm proud of you, son. You uh, uh, last week you you went to Nashville in a, in a truck under your eye racing, and you won your first race right out of the box. So that was uh, that's a, you're getting good at that damn thing. But how, how many hours do you think you've put into eye racing in the last year? Dude, I, I don't know, probably, what, over 500, probably. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, mean you, that's all you do now, right? Yeah. Work, <laughs> yeah. It was a, it was a initial investment that knocked your money out, but now that you're not running around going out and doing shit, you're probably even in back up and, uh, and starting to save a little money. Of course, I know how you gamers are. Next thing you do, you, your computer's not big enough. Dude, I'm already itching for a new setup, bro. I, want I knew something it. bigger I, and better, I, man. Billy, so. it's like uh, having Walker Jr. sitting on the other line here. I know Walker wants every brand new damn gaming system that comes out, and now Wags is now Wags has got enough experience where he want he, he knows the nuances that's going to make them better, right, Wags? <laughs> yeah, holy shit, dude! I've been on the the PS5 watch since. The week before Christmas. <laughs> we still don't yeah. Oh yeah, shit, no kidding. All right, well boys, uh we went to we went to Nashville with all the pomp and circumstance in, in the world. I'll be honest with you, I was not expecting uh two things that I, I hadn't really expected. I did not expect a good race. I also did not expect a the crowd to be, you know, that big. Now, they were sold out. It was only forty thousand, but Billy Bradley, I'm going to ask you the question next, Jimmy. Billy Bradley, is a sellout at 40,000 fans in NASCAR a big deal today, yes or no? Hell yeah, it's a big deal. Jimmy Wags, what do you think? Uh, Obviously, I mean, it's to say uh, in a a basketball game, right, what, 21,000, 22,000 seats get sold out at a basketball game? Yeah. Now I know you know we're expecting crowds of upwards of sixty, seventy, eighty thousand, right? But that's not mm-hmm. NASCAR now. So, I mean, we don't have that many fans that want to go out and spend that type of money at the races. So to be forty thousand to be sold out and to be packed the way it was, man. Hey, hats off to National Super Speedway, uh, Eric Moses and his entire staff, man. They they put on a, a, a killer display this past weekend. I Will agree with both of you guys. Say that name one more time, Eric Moses. No, it was the Nashville. Nashville Super Speedway. Why the fuck do they call that a Super Speedway? Billy, I think yeah. by definition, everything over a mile and a quarter. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, everything over a mile is a Super Speedway, if I'm not mistaken. And how big is that track? It's a mile and a third, 1.23. Yeah. I think I think when they came out with – because there didn't used to be any tracks that were, that were over a mile except for Talladega and uh, – in Daytona, and I think everything over a mile they call a super speedway, although I would argue that that certainly is not a super speedway in my opinion. I think we've got to celebrate the fact that, you know, we're, we're getting fans back to sports action, and I, there's never going to be 250,000 people at Texas Motor Speedway ever again. There's never going to be 250,000 people at a race. No, that no. Texas Motor Speedway no. is the absolute best mile and a half track on the circuit, man. They should Come have on. blown that son of a bitch up and, <laughs> and done anything. But Listen, in 2008, I told Nate Ryan that if Texas Motor Speedway wanted to be successful, they needed to blow it up and make it a three-quarter mile track. 
and he laughed at me. And and about four years later, he said, "You know what? They need to just blow up Texas Motor Speedway." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, but yeah. you know, here's the thing: NASCAR has had its down part for the last three or four years. I know you take the COVID year out last year, but even before then, we're starting to see that peak come back up." But if NASCAR does it straight, they're stupid. But this, well, I wouldn't say this is technically NASCAR because it's the track situation on letting these guys bring their coolers in. But NASCAR has the upper hand saying, hey, we won't bring this shit to your track if you don't start letting these fans bring their coolers in. Hold on, hold on. Let me, let me play devil's advocate here, here on the go. cooler situation, okay? So I went to Talladega, which is a track owned by NASCAR. Okay, they allow coolers in the track. Right, hundred percent. All right, I believe I want to say the last three or four out of five races have been SMI. Yep. Mm -hmm. SMI on track, and this past weekend was a Dover Motorsports on track. Okay. Yep. So it's not. Look, I get NASCAR right. It's NASCAR's product. Uh, NASCAR sets the rules. These tracks then. You know, hey, they run their operation. They run their business however they want to after that, right? But still, I mean, it's the track. It's, it's yep. the owners of the track, not NASCAR. So I agree with if you, you want to get on somebody, let's get on SMI. Let's get on Dover Motorsports. Now, look, we're going to Pocono this weekend. Sorry to get ahead. In Studio 3 with breaking news. Oh, Studio 3, breaking news. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. But, but, I was, I uh, breaking so news, Johnson, Studio 3. But um, <laughs> Pocono uh, Raceway does not have a no-cooler policy. It is not an SMI-owned track. It is not a NASCAR-owned track. It is an independently-owned track. And uh, they're allowing coolers. So guess what? Your boy's bringing uh, a couple beers with him this weekend going to uh, Pocono. But back to Nashville, Dad. Oh, sorry. Yeah, well, that's okay. I, I'm, I'm happy that the fans, you know, they got there and they got it sold out. It was, you know, NASCAR um, – I don't blame them for building these tracks, Billy. You know, with the, the we call them cookie cutters, these mile and a half in the in the nineties, and uh, I don't blame them because they were wide open. We were selling one hundred sixty thousand tickets at that time. They were absolutely selling them when when I first came to Texas. Um, the April race at Texas Motor Speedway was the that. Uh, Texas Motor Speedway became the fifth largest city in the state of Texas. There were 260,000 people there. My um, first Bristol Motor Speedway event I, that I attended, I paid over $400 for one ticket. Yeah. I, uh, re I, I remember people, families <laughs> getting into lawsuits in probate court over who grandpa left his fucking uh, Bristol tickets to. Exactly. Um, I mean, it was a – but, but listen, this is 2021. I think 40,000 fans at a, a mile and a third racetrack is a great thing for NASCAR. Um, you know, they quit doing the attendance. They used to list the attendance after every race until people stopped going to the race. And then all of a sudden, they weren't going to list attendance anymore. But when it was advantageous, they, they listed it. Like now we know there was 40,000 people at, um, at, at Nashville. And, and, and I'll say this. Texas looked the, – the last several races, boys, the fans have shown up, and, and it's good to see. Jimmy, I, I'm, we're not going to talk about Pocono yet, but I am jealous as hell. I've always wanted to go to Pocono. I've always wanted to go up there and experience that, and, 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 and 
it looks like by every stretch of the imagination, uh, the people are going up there. So yeah. it ought to be it, it ought to be fun to watch. Boy, a double maybe, header. Who would? It's a double header, and we've been talking about it was postponed last year. It's terrible. Uh, we were all um, in the boat to go last year, but Jimmy, you raised uh, and I raised here. You 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 did the truck. Um, you did cup. You you like the track. Did you I think did. the race was a good race, Jimmy? Boys, when I texted you guys and said we were going to have some good racing, because you have to slow down for these turns. Uh, in Nashville mm-hmm. Super Speedway, they're tight turns. They got long straightaways. Um, you had to slow down. You had to use the brake. And what happens when you use the brake? You play with the throttle. Uh, That's right. And guys were able to, uh, you know, run the bottom, run the middle, even run the top, a third lane somewhat. So I thought I thought the racing this weekend was great. Um, even though uh, Kyle Larson whipped everybody's ass again on Sunday, um, but, the racing yeah, in the field, man, was just phenomenal, dude. It was it was great to see guys like Ross Chastain run good. Kurt, uh, Kurt Busch had a good run. Um, Ricky Stenhouse had a great run. Um, it, was, it, it was it was great to see, man. And so I enjoyed I enjoyed running on our racing, and I thought the racing was pretty good this weekend. Yeah, and you sent that tidbit of information about how the brakes were, and like this was one of the First races, other than Daytona and Talladega, that I have watched from start to finish, didn't move, watched every lap. NBC's first debut race, they kicked it out of the park. Uh, there wasn't a lot of commercials. They did go a lot of side by side, but you know that's what made the race. There was that unknown. We had race there, very little practice, brake failures. It was awesome. I thought. Well, I'm glad to hear that because I was very, I was very concerned until Jimmy told me that you know there's you, you got to get on and off the throttle there, you know, brake throttle. That's what we're looking for, passing zones, right? And these other mile and a half, a lot of these tracks, it's just as wide open as you can get. To have to be able to get on and off the brake, on and off the the, the accelerator, uh, makes for good for good passing. We had some. And I think I think talent shows its best when when you're at a track like that, where it's just not wide open and it's aerodynamics. When you actually have to, you know, hit your marks and figure out the throttle response and where to get, it makes for a good race. I think everybody was entertained. We had some people up there running that that weren't there before. There was strategy, guys. There was strategy in this race, and it kind of came back a bit um, the bite old Chase Elliott right in the ass, Billy Bradley. Why in the hell, how in the hell can we, why do we, you know, we went from checking lug nuts, it was a major file, to I don't give a shit what you do with the lug nuts, and then Tony Stewart opened his mouth, and now we check lug nuts at the end of the damn race. Chase Elliott ended up finishing, I think it was top 10 or maybe a top 13, gets it taken away. Billy, how in the hell do you have five loose lug nuts? Is it, does that make any sense? Dan, I wish our boy Rob Lutz was on this call because when I heard that and I started putting two and two together, like they stretched it on fuel mileage, and I was like, they, how many times have we seen that they hit with this at the last stop? Because that's the only time they check it is at the end. That's right. These guys are getting such an advantage on these stops in between till the end last stop that, how do they tie in three lug nuts? If it's okay to do it the end of the race and they not get nothing done to them until they come down after the checkered flag, yeah. what, what the hell are we doing here? This is pointless. 
Um, Jimmy, I'm going to ask you like this. Let's say, um, you know, back in the carburetor days, you, you, you know, they do it through pre-race inspection. What if they come out here, oh, I'm having carburetor issues. They change the motherfucker during, uh, during you know, the, the pit stop at a stage end, knowing that they're not going to lose that many, not going to go down a lap or anything. Then they change out the carburetor or something illegal, and then they change it at the last pit stop to something normal again. I think it is, am I, am I an idiot talking like that, or is this just stupid to check these? Th- what do you think about the lug nut issue, Jimmy? I guess that's what I should just say. Look, I mean, ultimately, it's a safety issue, right? Tires were coming off cars. Yep. Tires were pounding the wall, uh, potentially injuring themselves. They could injure fans uh, when the tires came off the wheel, you know. So, hey, look, NASCAR's been consistent with this over the last couple of years, and I'm okay with it. I mean, it yep. forces teams to make sure that they get all five tight. And when you don't get all five tight, there's consequences and repercussions, you know. But here's the, here's the question for you, like, Chase Elliott could have altered the outcome of that race. He knew he knew he had slugged nut. They already said they knew they were in trouble because they didn't pit. Why yeah. they didn't pit come down and get them tight? What had would have happened had he had spun out, stayed on the lead lap, which is what he should have done, spun out, stayed on the lead lap, he would have kept the stage point or stage point that Man. he won because yeah. he won a stage. He did, yep. Why the hell didn't they take a shit like So, so look, I, this is my thing. This is why I think they didn't do anything like that. It was one, because they were already discussing about it, having a loose wheel, right? Right. For Chase to automatically just spin himself, I mean, he would have probably gotten a lot worse uh, fine uh, yeah. based on him intentionally spinning himself. Because they talked about them having a potential loose wheel. Chase Elliott, that car wouldn't have done shit to him. Get him. Get him. Get him. Hey, look, I'm thinking that case. I mean, look, like, Bubba Wallace opened his damn mouth, what, two years ago, and NASCAR fined the hell out of him for intentionally causing a caution because he opened his damn mouth. But still, uh, I mean, NASCAR would have found a way to say, hey, you know what? You guys knew you had a problem. You intentionally caused a caution. Um, yeah. We're fine. Look, look, he got fined, right? He lost all his points. Uh, look. I, this is the thing. Like, if I'm Alan Gustafson, I'm like, hey, look, Pitt, you know, yeah. you're still going to get, what, 20th place points. You would have probably yeah. finished last car, lead lap, or maybe one lap down, right? But still, you would have got those points. You would have kept those stage points. You would have yeah. kept on yeah. the stage points. Why not Pitt? But they gambled thinking there was going to be a caution at the end, and there wasn't, really. Yeah. You know what? what? They got big that. Should have done, <laughs> in my opinion. Five lug nuts. That's a shitload of freaking lug nuts. They should suspend Alan Gustafson for a freaking month. Right. Look, I don't understand how you can have two, right? You can have yeah. two lugs and you get the crew chief suspended for the next race. But yeah. you have five and you all you get is a DQ and your crew yeah. chief gets to stay on the box the next week? What? That's crazy. That's ridiculous. I think what's what they what they've opened themselves up to is for the exact scenario that Billy Bradley just played out. Uh, something happens, a wheel goes flying across a track, and we've got mass chaos. And now instead of having one one car got to come in and lose lose some points and go back to 20th, you've got hundreds of thousands of dollars potentially of damage of, of cars out there on the racetrack getting caught up in somebody else's stupid shit. And I think that, I think that the, the way we're doing this thing now, NASCAR should have set a precedent 
and hammered the living shit out of Hendrick Motorsports, yep. and specifically Alan Gustafson. This is where you get your point made. DQing him, somebody who's already in the damn playoffs, <laughs> yeah. I, I, what does that do? That doesn't do I, shit. I'm going to play devil's advocate, though, Dado. Those yep. points are going to matter. I mean, especially if you're not Kyle Larson, all those points are going to matter right now because he's running away with it right now. And from the simple fact is that you want to have those points in the bag. You want that stage win to help you get to the next round of the playoffs. Hey, Elliot Mayberg, look at Kevin Harvick. I know Kevin Harvey ran bad in the playoffs last year. I had all those stage points, and he didn't make it. But guess what? That one stage point that Chase Elliott lost, that very well could cost him getting into the next round in the playoffs. You know, so. Well, let's put it this way: Who is who is 17th in the point standings right now? I, the hell if I know. I know it ain't exactly. Bubba Wallace. I can tell you that. <laughs> number 17 is going, why the fuck aren't they penalized more? They should have been DQ'd and lost their crew chief and a $250,000 fine. Yeah. And and now we can – I mean, I, I just – listen, I'm not – your point is valid, Jimmy, but fact of the matter is if I'm a competitor and I'm not named HMS, I'm pissed that yeah. this is the only thing that happens. To I'm that shocked team. to wake up to see that – they Augustuson was not going to be suspended, and he. I thought five, that was a given. Five lugs loose. Like oh. I thought one was a given. Yeah, I, 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 I'm a little shocked about this. Yeah, I'm, and 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 here's what it doesn't help. It doesn't help the fact that everybody except for Hendrick Motorsports fans thinks NASCAR kisses Rick Hendrick's ass. Now, we Jimmy Johnson's won what six championships in a row uh, or five in a row, and all this kind of stuff. And it seems like Hendrick Motorsports is always coming out on top. Blah blah blah. I hated Hendrick Motorsports before uh, Dale Jr. went there. I thought they were the evil empire. I still don't. I mean, I'm. I mean, I like those guys over there because of Dale Jr. But it, it doesn't help themselves when they when when they stress safety. And then they don't do shit about it. They really stress safety. I think they would have hammered the dog shit out of them and DQ them. I just yeah. it, it seems a little bit light to me. I don't know. I I I I'm sorry I cut you off, Dan, but I, I right. you know, it's I don't think I've ever seen since they went to this penalty system a guy with five lugs loose. I don't think so. Yeah, I think the teams on that. Like I would love to stop the race. No, don't, don't tell them when it's going to happen. Yeah. Check the lug nuts. Let everybody come down, check the lug nuts, start restart the race. I get you know, Billy, hit two or three lug nuts. You know, let me tell you something, Billy. I would love to see something like that. I would love to say uh, throw everybody. They throw a caution, um, or, or or here's what they do. They at the end of a stage, they they tell everybody to um, uh, to pull down pit road, but don't go into their box. And pull down pit road, but don't go into their box. We're yep. gonna have a and and then the, and and they come out and they check every fucking lug nut. I, I, TV would be like, well, I don't know what the hell's going on. I mean, it would it not only would it be exciting in my standpoint, but I think you would see some assholes pucker up on pit road and in the owner's <laughs> box. Hell yeah! And <laughs> you know, but look at this though. You, I mean, you got people complaining about some sort of caution for the end of stages, right? Yeah. You got people complaining about you, right. three, what two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Oh, NASCAR stopping the cars for a moment of silence on Memorial Day weekend again. Yeah. Like, come on. Now. Like, like yeah. people are already tired about stopping the race or causing cautions in the race. Look, hey, hit all goddamn fives. 
then you ain't have a problem, right? But that's true. Like, this, is, this is, you know, apples to oranges. Because so what? Guess, guess what? Next year, boys, we going to a single lug, and we yeah. all got to deal with it. So. Yeah, well, there'll be issues with a single lug too, but there, it, it's not—it's not, it's not going to be anything like five lug nuts missing or or loose. That's for damn sure. So we liked the race. It was uh, uh, it was a, a race that um, damn Ron's calling me. Hang on a minute. Uh, it was a race that saw a bunch of different things happen, and and I'm boys, we're going to be so upset next year. I just don't see next year even comparing to this year with this new car. And and I'm telling you, we gotta savor every lap that we see. Um we, we just we just have to savor every lap that we see. Uh, let's say in the in the in the Hendrick Motorsports uh world, old Jeff Gordon's going out of the booth and gonna be the vice president um uh, over at Hendrick Motorsports. Now we all knew this was coming. But this is not a surprise. Nobody's no. shocked by this. Hey, but already part owner. Is it it's if if I'm Clint Boyer, I'm like I finally kicked Jeff Gordon's ass. <laughs> Clint Boyer is so good in the damn booth. Oh, I mean, he's so good in the booth. He just made Jeff Gordon look like an idiot. And then two years ago, we were saying, God, Jeff Gordon makes uh, Daryl Waltrip look. I mean, if it wasn't for Jeff Gordon, that booth would suck. <laughs> Daryl Waltrip leaves, and we realized. Well, shit, Jeff Gordon wasn't that damn good either. Um, but but I, I think I think Gordon going to Hendrick Motorsports next year is going to be tough. Because, but nobody's going to know what the hell's going on. I think it's a fantastic move. I think anytime you can keep a guy like Jeff Gordon in the sport and in the competition side, you're going to have you're going to better not only your team your organization, but you're going to better the sport. And I'll tell you something I didn't know about Jeff Gordon until he stopped racing is that so bitch has got an eye for talent. Um, he goes down and he watches the midget races and all that kind of stuff. And that guy, I think he's going to be able to help out that team a hell of a lot more than just than what I had originally thought he was going to be able to do. Uh, Jimmy, are you, uh, how do you see this move going? Any, any negatives at all to this thing? No, I mean, look, I, I enjoyed Jeff in the booth considering DW tailing off at the end of his broadcasting career the last few years. But, yeah. you know, um, I enjoyed him in the booth. I thought him and him and Clint were uh, were good. Um, mm-hmm. And, look, you know, somebody's eventually going to have to see Rick Hendrick over at Hendrick Motorsports. Yeah. And uh, as long as Jeff Gordon was a part of that organization, we knew at some point it was going to be him and congrats yeah. to him. And uh, he's going to be able to hopefully continue with him and Chad Knauss, uh, you know, vice president with a competition over there. They're going to yep. – continue to do what they're doing and uh the future of Hendrick Motorsports once Rick, Hend- Rick Hendrick is gone um it's going to continue to be bright because Jeff Gordon's going to you know he knows the precedent that Rick set um and he's going to want to continue to build on Rick's legacy and I think um they picked the right guy uh to see Rick once he decides to um to uh step down uh from day-to-day stuff at Hendrick uh, really? but I'll also say this real quick my campaign mm-hmm. to get Larry Mack back in the booth now. I want Larry Mack back in the booth uh, with Clint and with Mike, and I think that would be great for five. Wags, I'm on the same fucking page with you right there. By the way, it is 9 o'clock Eastern. You need to go. Hey, look, hey guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump on real quick. I'm going to qualify, uh, get a couple laps in, <laughs> and I've got two minutes to green flag, and then I'll cut your boys loose. So, All right, let us know how it goes. Jimmy, okay. I mean, uh, uh, Billy, 
you know, this was going to be Ricky Hendrick's place, right? Ricky Hendrick was being groomed to come up in there and to do this. And, and I, you know, when, when that tragedy happened, uh, you know, it was, you know, he, I mean, hell, he, he lost his brother. Uh, he lost his son, uh, yeah. Rick Hendrick, that is. I mean, he lost a lot of good people in his organization. The fact that Hendrick Motorsports has really not lost a beat in the competition side and they lost that many good people, valuable people to their organization is a testament to Rick Hendrick, number one. Um, but Jeff Gordon and Rick Hendrick have always had a special relationship. If anybody could, and this isn't fair to say, but if anybody named, not named Ricky Hendrick was going to take over this spot, I think not only is, is Rick Hendrick happy to offer it, to, I think he's proud that, Jeff come up through the ranks, and he and he's a part of the family. And, but but this was supposed to be for Ricky, right? Right. I would agree with you. And Dan, I I fucking hated Rick Hendrick with passion. <laughs> Even the first two years Dell Junior raced, I did, I did not too. buy the first Dell Junior anything that had Hendrick yeah. Motorsports. He would had Dell Junior had Adidas at the time was a big sponsor. Every hat I bought was an Adidas hat that didn't have HMS on it at no time. And yeah. actually, it was probably seven, eight years ago, Mike Davis kept saying, you guys got to get to know him. You got to get to yeah. know him. He's, he, and they had him on the download, and he talked about that, uh, how he, uh, Jeff Gordon slept in his couch when he was going yeah. through his divorce and stuff. Yeah. And he, how he helped out Elliot Sadler's mother when yep. he had breast cancer and all yep. the other things I was like damn Rick Hendrick is a real genuine guy and yep. like I, I didn't see no other person other than Jeff Gordon even Jimmy Johnson I just no way yeah. he had done it Jeff Gordon was the shoe for that mm-hmm. organization and you know it's funny I, the of all the Dale Jr. downloads I've listened to, the one I've hated the most is Rick Hendrick because it made me like Billy. Yeah. I was happy uh, not liking that son of a bitch. <laughs> I was, I, you know, I, I, you always have to have a, a good guy and a bad guy. Yep. And Rick Hendrick was a bad guy for me. Guy. And that ruined the whole bad guy persona. I was like, damn it, he's a good guy. Fuck. Yep. Um, but but I, I think this is a great thing for the sport. Um, and, and look at your lineup that you have there. You got Chase Elliott, you got Kyle Larson, you got Willie Byron, and you got Alex Bowman. That's a pretty good team to start off with, Billy. Um, They're in a pretty good place, even with a new car. Oh, no doubt. And you just said the line up like William Byron, or not William Byron, uh, Alex Bowman, when he was driving that Dr. Pepper car, Mm -hmm. wasn't doing shit. Nope. And Dell Jr. saw something that I didn't even see. Like, Dell yep. Jr. wanted Alex Bowman in that car. And yeah. What did Alex Bowman do? He got up there. Hell, he got the 48 victory lane. Jimmy Johnson couldn't do it for three years. Dale Jr. is probably the best I've ever seen at spotting talent. He's done it time and time again, and I've been like, what the hell? And then I'm like, holy shit. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, he, he, he can see talent. He did it there. Jeff Gordon is in a good place, and I'm going to tell you something, Hendrick Motorsports is going to prosper, although I do think this first year out of the gate um, is going to be tough, but it's going to be tough for everybody. Um, 
Billy, while while Jimmy is going around and doing his laps here at Pocono, we got to talk about um, we we got to talk about Pocono. Hendrick Motorsports is usually pretty damn good there. Um, it, it, they're, they're usually on point. Uh, what what is Kevin Harvick going to do? I keep talking about Kevin Harvick. I, is is this where he's going to be? Is he going to win this year, Billy? He, yeah, I think he wins. Uh, you know, there's still a, several tracks that we're going to be going to that the driver has to take care of his equipment. Yeah. Pocono is one of those. You know, we don't shift as much as we used to and when we go into Pocono. Actually, I don't think with this lower down our horsepower we're shifting at all. Yeah. So, uh, no, I still don't think Kevin Harvick's going to win Pocono. It's like my money's still riding with Kyle Larson. Hey, boys, I'm back. Yeah. P5, baby. We starting P5. All right, P5. We were just talking about the, the Pocono track, Bill, uh, Jimmy. Uh, Hendrick Motorsports is good up there. Uh, I, I'm, I'm wondering about Kevin Harvick. Is he going to get a win this year, Jimmy? I mean, it's no doubt, man. I, I mean, I'm not worried about it. Now, obviously, Stuart Haas has not had the speed uh, throughout the organization. Um, and Harvick had another great run at uh, Nashville. You know, it's just Hendrick's world right now. So, it seems yeah. to be Chevrolet's world right now, too, man. It just – Chevrolet has the speed. they got the engine. Uh, they talked about it on BTC. You guys have probably got, like, 10-plus horsepower right now. So, they just, they just got it going on. And, you know, having Kevin Harvick, the championship driver – Obviously, he had the most wins last year with nine. Um, he's going to find victory lane. So, I don't know if it's going to be this weekend, but Kevin Harvick will find victory lane this year. I don't think he does. I'm going to say right now, I don't think Kevin Harvick gets in victory lane. I think what Kevin Harvick does is he twerks right around the end, and I don't think he makes it out of the second round of the playoffs, personally. Um, that's a big, bad, bold statement that goes against both of what you guys right just said. But I don't think that Kevin Harvick and that team over there is going to get better. I think they're only going to stay where they're at, and everybody else is going to get better. And that's a bad thing for, for Stuart Haas Racing. I see Toyota getting better. I see some other Ford teams getting better. I do not see Stuart Haas Racing, even Kevin Harvick, getting better. I just, I just don't think that's, that's in the cards this year. I, don't, there's, I mean, if you look at last year, every team in that, in that company well, um, had some positive things. Even old Clint Boyer, if you, wasn't, you, know, if you didn't have any bad luck, you wouldn't have any luck at all. That team over there, that organization just not doesn't have it. Um, and if it wasn't for the fact that Kevin Harvick is a first ballot Hall of Famer, I'm not, he's getting more out of that car than anybody probably else could. Um, so oh, it, yeah. I, I, I don't think he are, are, like Kevin Harvick will take a ninth place car, he's going to finish sixth six with it. Yeah, he, he could take it and finish sixth. The other guys can't. And last year, those guys were doing just fine. Um, it's very. It's very odd, uh, but we are going to Pocono. Jimmy, you just went around uh, for the last. Where, where are the? Where, where are, the, are there any tricky spots there? Other, we know it's a triangle, but where, where do you have to really drive into that track to be successful? I mean, the trickiest spot at Pocono is turn two, the title turn. Um, yeah. it, it really sets you sets you up for turn three and, and to get down the front straightaway. Uh, if you can get through the tunnel turn fast, you're going to be good there. So. Yeah. Um, that seems to be one of my strong points here. I, I want to race my first race this week in a cup car on iRacing at Pocono. So, yeah. I like the track. Um, I started in P7. I got knocked down a couple spots in my race here tonight. So, 
right. I, I love Pocono, man. It, it's big. It's got the longest straightaway in NASCAR. I just saw something where Martinsville and Bristol combined do not have the same amount of length as Pocono's front straightaway. <laughs> it's insane. That's um, funny. But, Jimmy, um, you're going to race. Uh, we're going to let you pick first. Uh, I think I already know which way you're going, but who are you taking, bud? Well, I, I'm, I'm going to go with a guy that's, uh, that's been pretty quiet this year, hasn't won. I'm going to take my winner. I'm going to take Benny Hamlin. He's got to win one of these races, man. Like, that's I, a good race for him to win. He's good he's at this track. He's good at Pocono. Um, so I'm going to roll with uh, Denny Hamlin as my winner. Um, my dark horse, let's see. Uh, I'm You know what? I'm going to go take this guy. Um, you know, we're fighting for a playoff spot with him. Uh, uh, he he needs a good run here. Uh, let's go, Matt the Better Dedo, Matt DeFerrito. I'm gonna take Matt the Better Dedo as my dog. Damn, that's strange, Billy. I didn't think he was gonna go uh, either one of those picks. Uh, Jimmy, good luck in the race tonight, son. We'll uh, we'll Thank talk you at boys. you later. I'll I know be you got to jump everybody off. on the Twitter machine later, and uh, I'll catch you guys next time. I'm about to drop the hammer, baby. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Billy Bradley, after Jimmy Wags's um, odd picks, um, Wags's uh, Jimmy Wags's odd picks. Who are you gonna take? Uh, I'm riding that high horse, high lob, handsome Kyle Larson till he lets me down. Yeah. And for the dark horse, I will go with Austin Dillon. Damn, Billy. Austin Dillon has really been impressing. And I, and I want to tell you something. We don't talk enough about their artificial intelligence um, that they use during every race. It is absolutely made a factor in that team, um, specifically with with uh, Austin Dillon. Those guys have, you know, I, I didn't know what to make of it. I certainly didn't make fun of it when it came. I didn't know if it was going to help them. But I think you can look over – over the time that they've had artificial intelligence helping them make that's decisions, yeah. that has absolutely helped that organization. Um, you're taking Kyle Larson. Let me tell you, you know, somebody, I, I love Keselowski and Logano at this track. Um, I mean, I love Penske at this track, Billy. Um, I just do. But I also like, um, you know, Chase Elliott and William Byron at this track. Um, and so I, I'm going to stay in the Chevy household, and I'm going I'm to go with Chase Elliott. I think Chase Elliott comes out, and he's pissed off at the damn mistakes that they made. They've got Alan Gustafson on the pit box, which is going to help them. I think they're going to come out, and they're going to get this. They're going to snag this victory, and they're going to do. They're going to do well. I also I don't know why Billy. I want to take Kurt Busch. Kurt Busch has showed me a little something here. This is a track where I think those Ganassi, you know, cars can, can get out and run a little bit. And I, I just – I haven't picked him all year. I'm going to take Kurt Busch as my dark horse. And But i, I got to be honest with you. What we're seeing out of Kyle Larson right now is nothing short of amazing. We haven't seen this shit since uh, Jimmy Johnson or Jeff Gordon in his prime. This is – this is the kind of stuff that dreams are made of. You called him the winner early on this season, bud. You picked it right out of the way. And as, as it stands right now, I don't see how he can beat. You've you got to take Kyle Larson. I don't know what the hell. Jimmy, Jimmy Wags is just taking Kyle Larson because he still hates him. But, because <laughs> Kyle Larson is the, is the number one pick for this race, and it's not even close. Yeah, um, like, he's winning everything he gets in. He, he's going still racing dirt, winning, like. Yeah. It's a – I cannot wait to see the 30 for 30 show that will air knowing this. And 
like Kyle Larson made a mistake. Absolutely. Don't I know we'll never say that he didn't make a mistake. Yeah. But I think there's more good coming out of this than anything. I think so too. I, I still wish I still wish it before he won his race, he would have come out and he would have said something a little bit more to the fans. I'm still, that. I'm still not happy with with how that how that worked out, and I'm I'm kind of pissed that, you know, the meet the NASCAR media isn't making it a, a big deal either, which tells me that NASCAR doesn't want them to make it a big deal. Um, and you know, it, the media they'll pick somebody, and they just will not let it go. There's obviously a a, a Republican bias. They'll cancel yeah. somebody, but not cancel somebody else. We'll look at Chrissy Teigen. Chrissy Demon is a filthy human piece of shit, and she it took unbelievable stuff for her to get canceled. And I'm not sure if she's if she's truly ever going to be canceled. But then they'll they'll pick on somebody for doing you know something terrible, you know nothing even remotely terrible, just doesn't sound right, and cancel the shit out of them. And I think NASCAR, I think NASCAR uh, wants to be fucking woke so bad that they don't want Kyle Larson. They just want it to be done with. Um, they exploited poor old Bubba Wallace. He gets booted every fucking track because of what NASCAR uh, did to him. And, and, and yet they're going to give Kyle Larson a pass. And I it just, to me, it is, it, it's, it, it bothers me. That man, I would said, agree with, with your statement. You just said about the Bubba Wallace thing, not, I 100% would uh, would say that that is the main reason he gets booed at that is the way NASCAR handled that situation. It has nothing to do, in my opinion, with racists. Yeah, there's probably a few there, no doubt about it, but there's way too many damn good race fans and nice race fans that's that's booing him for the reasons that NASCAR put on him, not that they're racist. I believe that if this was 1950 and they were booing Bubba Wallace, there was a, more likely than not that there were a bunch of racists in the damn yeah. crowd. Yeah. In 2021, I don't think it has a damn thing with him being black and people being racist. I think it more has to do with the fact that NASCAR made him out to be some sort of woke um, poster yeah. guy. And and Bubba Wallace ate it up when they both knew that that fucking news wasn't meant for for him, um, and they called the FBI and blah 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 blah. And I and I I think NASCAR fans aren't dumb. I mean they 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 know what's going on. And I think yeah. the way NASCAR handled that, and the way in turn Bubba handled that, um, I, I think he's going to get. In fact, the matter is, I mean I said this many times. Bubba's a crybaby. He, he's a cry. I mean everybody loves to bash the shit out of a crybaby. I don't think. If if I if I thought that you know he was being booed because of um, as his color, I, I would be upset. That's not that's not what's happening. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. And and but that's not what's happening out there. And it's um, how the fuck do we even get started? Oh, Kyle Larson, that's right. Uh, but I think what we need to do, getting back to Kyle Larson, because uh, I'll talk about this shit forever, Billy. You know that. I think what we need to do is we need to appreciate what we're witnessing, Billy. Um, regardless of, of what the history is with, with Kyle Larson, and I'm disappointed in him. I know you're disappointed in him, um, you know, that he, he didn't do more to the fans. Um, and I'm glad he got, you know, help and that sort of thing. But this is something that doesn't come along often. And I, I bashed Kyle Larson for years thinking, well, hell, he's got two more wins than Austin Dillon. 
what the fuck is he the next big thing? Maybe, but you know he's well now. Lead a lot of light, but close them out. He's doing it now, and this is this is a different Kyle Larson. This is 2021, and it's it's one of those seasons that I think we all need to appreciate because these things don't happen very often. And he's just so dominant, and and he's he's lost a few races that he should have won, Billy. Um, oh yeah. And, that, and he's, that's Coda. He should have won that race. Absolutely. You picked him for five wins, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? That was what I said. And was he sitting at four? I mean, he's got four in a row counting the All-Star. Yeah. Um, listen, we are we're seeing something special that, that we need to we need to appreciate whether we like Kyle Larson's ass or not. And because he's getting it done, that team is getting it done, and um, – He's got his regular spotter back, and ever since his spotter left, he's been doing good. Um, and his spotter, he'll probably sue the shit out of that jet ski place. Um, those fucking idiots uh, made up a bunch well, of lies and got him in trouble. Spotter. What's that? That's Chase's spotter. Oh, shit. I'm, hell, I got the wrong guy. But, well, Chase, Chase won after he got rid of him, too. So yeah. uh, so maybe, maybe, maybe that's what – hell – Maybe that's why Chase had. Uh, maybe that's why Chase had bad luck. They brought his spotter back, bud. That could be. We'll start conspiracy theory. Yeah, we'll start that shit. Start that rumor on on uh, on the interwebs, Billy. Let's see how far it goes. Um, all right, let's get the hell out of here. It's late. You got to get up in the morning to go to work for Jimmy Wags, for Robbie Lopes, for Billy Bradley. This is Dado. Let's go to Pocono and let's race two, Billy Bradley. What do you say? See you guys. Bye.